And this is Katie. And welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. And I'm excited about today because Katie, you have been so excited about this episode and this guest and this story. I mean, really, in, I mean, you get excited about every story, but you have very much been <laughs> eager for our guest today. And so I'm going to let you do the big introduction because I love how excited you are. All righty. Years ago, I got to go to Colorado Springs for this military ministry summit. And it was um, at a big church in Colorado Springs where they brought, you know, it was like chaplains and pastors and military, you know, para, para, church organizations that that did ministry with the military and blah 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 and I was so excited one I'd never been to Colorado before so just going to Colorado um and the first thing we got to do that the one that you went to with Nadia yeah yeah Nadia Nadia and I went and I mean obviously we had a blast sightseeing but then the very first thing we did this it was um, like a month before that Mel Gibson movie, um, um, the passion of the Christ. No, no, no. The one about, oh, I can't believe I can't think of it. Corey, what was the name of that? Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge had not come out yet. So the first thing we did was, um, everybody that was attending that conference went and saw the movie and they had a representative from, you know, the movie company there. We watched it. And then when the movie was done, he wanted all our feedback. And oh my goodness, I remember saying way too much violence. That was, that violence was horrible. But the ensuing discussion was so interesting because it was like, well, a lot of the nation glamorizes war. Mm-hmm. And Mel felt like it was very, very important to really picture the hell that war is. And you can't do that without gory violence. And I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. So, um, so that was cool. But anyway, so then the conference starts and there's all these different presenters and Corey Yates was one of the speakers at that conference. And right away, I'm like, she is cool. I need to meet her. <laughs> Corey, I don't know if you remember, Nadia and I kind of introduced ourselves to you. I do. And then, and then um, Corey actually runs this beautiful, beautiful military ministry connection for wives. I'm going to let her tell you all about it. It's called Planning Roots, but... Um, it's fabulous and outreach to worldwide to military spouses. And um, so I met Corey there, but then in ensuing years, I went to a couple of the Planning Roots conferences and then we kind of have mutual friends, Ginger Harrington and um, just a bunch of others. And um, I've had the privilege of writing a couple blogs yeah. for their fabulous website and so I couldn't wait to get Corey on here. So all, all you guys out there um, can hear her story. Yay. Welcome, Corey. We well, are so glad that you're here. Well, I am glad. It is great to meet you guys actually in person. Meet being in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Over Zoom. Over okay. Zoom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Virtually meeting you. That's so good. That is so good. Um, okay. So I'm going to dive right into the first question, if that's okay with you. Um, I'm good. Sometimes it's easier to see which decisions um, shape the direction of our lives after some time has gone by. And, um, and so we, looking back, can you give us a bird's eye view of what your story is? I can. And I, I would totally agree. Looking back, sometimes you see God's hand and his weaving of things together that you never necessarily see in the moment. And growing up, I did grow up in a, a Christian home. My mom was a brave a brave woman uh, as we grew up, just willing to do whatever the Lord called her to, regardless of consequences, usually um, everything from foster care to, to nursery supervisor. And my dad is a, a quiet servant. Um, 
he's never in the forefront, but he's always in the background. And uh, watching the two of them be who God called them to be um, and watching their marriage was a huge thing in my world growing up. I did go off to college. Um, we never moved growing up until I did leave for college. So that was a big thing. What what's state, Corey? Sorry to interrupt, but. No, I grew up in Texas. Oh, Texas. Okay. Yes. So yeehaw. Um, <laughs> someday I might get to go back there and live. But um, college was a, a really big growth, growth time for me. And part of that is uh, when my mom passed away. Um, the summer after my freshman year of college. And it was, it was a moment where the Lord really looked at me and said, do you really trust me? And um, do you really believe that I have your good in mind? And it was, it was a big thing. And I went back to college my sophomore year and, and finished well, they loved on me and it was, it was fabulous. Um, But one of those moments that really grounded my faith, unlike any other prior to that, um, you know, you, and you have found that when you walk through really difficult things, that is usually when the Lord grows you so much more um, and just teaches yeah. you to trust Him a little bit more. So since then, we have, um, I've done a lot of different jobs, but uh, I've also had a first marriage um, and currently married to my absolutely wonderful, godly man that I'm married to now. And we can talk about that a little bit if you want to, because that is a significant piece in my life. Yeah. But um, God has really, what I have seen is, is the Lord's faithfulness um, through all of those things, regardless of our location or our circumstances and, uh, and God's love. He is, he is truly a powerful God and uses even those hardest moments of our lives to really um, bring about some really beautiful things. Mm, I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell me this, how did a girl whose first marriage ended, um, how did you end up with this desire? Cause you had obviously had to have heartache from that first, um, encounter with marriage. And so how then did you create, how did God create in you a desire to encourage? Now, Gwen shocked me with this number. 250,000 military women. You, you have a ministry with 250,000 uh, military women to be obedient and to be courageous. How did all of that come into position? <laughs> in other words, fill in that, all the gaps of your yes. story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because when I heard Gwen say to me, 250,000 that you are impacting their lives, that is a lot of people. Well, it is truly the heart cry of planting roots, um, and part that. of that is because it's it's my heart cry. But my first marriage was actually to a Marine um, back in the day. Uh, he was, um, I thought he was a wonderful Christian man. That is what he professed to me. But the next six and a half years of marriage were probably the most challenging and most difficult of my life. Wow. Um, he, he was not a nice man, and he had... Uh, other girlfriends? Is that a nice way to put that? Um, and so it was, it was a hard season of, do I remain faithful in this marriage? Um, what is God asking of me yes. in marriage? Because I realize marriage is a two-way street, but my part of that is to be obedient to the Lord in that, regardless of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was there, and it was, it was challenging uh, he, uh, I put him through school. So he was enlisted first and then I put him through school, uh, because I had already had my degree. And so he could get his and go back as an officer. And about a month after he got his degree, he left. Um, it was a weird place as a military wife, you know, for that amount of time to realize that, what do I do now? I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, my, you know, we had a plan. We had a place where we were supposed to go. The military had told us where to go for um, for quite some time. And so just to figure out what that looked like on the other side um, and who God had called me to be and what he was asking of me in that time. Um, so that was my my first marriage. And, well, and I also, the, when all of that is happening, I would imagine it rocks your identity. Because so much of when we're married, so much of, of who we are is wrapped up in our spouse because 
Yeah. And I just imagine that means that is such, that's such a challenging situation for you to be in. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. Well, it is. And when you throw in the military piece, it's even more so uh, because that, that tie to the military of, you know, it provided us income. It, um, it sent us places where we were supposed to go. I understood military life. I understood, you know, my ID card, I got commissary, I got, you know, all of these things that I had come to know as my world. And now I'm in some civilian world, um, trying to figure out what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Lord and I had a lovely discussion as I'm sure y'all have had with the Lord before. And I said, you know, getting married again might be in your plan, not really my favorite plan. Um, and second to that, another military guy, you are out of your mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that, and no. Um, and so a year later, I actually joined the Marine Corps um, on my own because I was like, you know what? If you're going to be a Marine, you might as well do it now. So I was 31, and uh, wow, Corey, went to. I know, scary, right? Uh, no, that's amazing. I mean, you clearly you that is tough. I mean, that you are a warrior woman. Literally, literally, you're a warrior woman. Oh my golly, you didn't have to go down to. Paris Island, did you? No, because I had my degree. So I went, I went OCS. I went to officer candidate school oh, at Quantico and did my nice 10 weeks of fun uh, to get my bars. And while I was there, I actually met my current husband who is in the army and he was an officer basic course. And we went on one date and then I had to tell him my story because I was like, if you're going to walk away, now's a good time. You know, if this scares you, if this makes you uncomfortable. And he looked at me across the table and he said, well, I have to tell you mine. And he was married before as well to a young soldier and she was absolutely wonderful. And they were married about two years. And just before they got married, she found out she had leukemia. And so they, for the two years of their marriage, that's what they walked through. And Mm -hmm. so he, he got to bury his first wife. And so he, he looked at me and he's like, I can't, I can't bury another wife. You know, I, I cannot do that. And so we were both like, "Mm, no, that (laughs) is not a good plan. Uh, Obviously the Lord had much different a much different idea in mind. And so through our marriage, we have started to see um, God's redemption. We have started to see his faithfulness, but we have also started to see in our military world, the struggles that so many of the people around us walk through that are just like what we came from. They walk through marriages that are super hard. They walk through seasons that are so lonely and they walk through really hard things, sometimes without family without, you know, they haven't made connections enough to have community. We've seen them walk through those things and you start to question who God is and question if, if you really believe him, you know, believing in him and believing him are not always the same thing. And so through that and our discussions and, and talking to the people around us, we started to see that there, there's one answer for all of it. And his name is Jesus. And so we wanted, or God started to pour into my heart of, well, you know, there are, technically there are 1.3 million military women and wives around the world. So women in uniform and ladies married to guys who are wearing a uniform. 1.3 million? Is that what you said? 1.3 million of them. Yes. Okay. And Um, so I know that you and Katie, I always tease Katie because military world has its own language. It's got everything. And so a lot of times if Katie and I are in a, in a, conversation and mili- and we have so many military people in our area where we live because of Quantico. Yes. And so sometimes Katie will start a conversation with somebody and it really is like they're speaking a foreign language. So for the <laughs> ones of me that are civilians, um, that is a much larger number than I thought. 1.3. I mean, Katie, did you know it was that many? Um, I never actually heard a number. Yeah. When you think of worldwide. That's and true. Worldwide, yeah. Yeah, you know, all our troops and uh, you know, I knew it was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that right, there, yeah that's amazing. Anyway, I'll, I'm, I'll there stop. are a lot more guys. There are a lot more guys in military service. Sure, um, but there are 1.3 million of us as women, and that's guard and reserve and active duty, um, along with women who are married to 
guys in a uniform. But um, about half of them uh, claim to be Christian. You know, you fill out the nice little form that says, what religion are you? And they, they check that box. Um, but, you know, we've done some research and, and looked at different reports and things uh, and found that if, if we take local church and, and general population, we come to, to that number of about 250,000 Bible-believing, Christ-following military women and wives around the world. The cool thing to me is they are on every continent and they are on every ocean around the globe. And if those Bible-believing, Christ-following military women and wives, if they are simply obedient and courageous in the place where they are, we become one of the greatest missionary movements of our time. And it doesn't cost us a nomination. Katie's language right now. <laughs> so, so I got goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> it is. It. I mean, you can't pass that up. And when the Lord has poured that into me, I'm like, but. And He said, all we have to do is equip and encourage each other to do what God's called us to where we are. It doesn't mean I have to be Billy Graham. It doesn't mean I have to, you know, be Beth Moore. It doesn't mean I have to do any of that. It just means I have to be obedient where I am, doing what God called me to do, and then have the Lord pick me up from there as, as He does in military life, pick me up from there and move me someplace else and do it again. And if we all do that and encourage each other and equip each other, because I know godly military women who have poured into me over the years, and if we continue to do that for each other, I mean, denominations and churches pay millions of dollars to, to even come close to what we could do just by living a life of obedience and courage in the place where we are. Absolutely. And, and Susan, when you were saying military, they have their own language. They have their own dress. They have their own culture. They, to not view them as a people group that you want to disciple well because they are sent to all the continents. They yes. are sent all over the world. If you can reach a young military person with the gospel and they get on fire for Christ, you, they, they're missionaries for life. And, and Corey, yes, that's exactly how I got on fire. Young military wife. I didn't come to know the Lord until I was in Cuba um, as a DOD school teacher. Wow. And shortly after um, hearing the gospel very clearly, and I read this book, Marna Carpenter. Anyway, um, then I got married. And our very first duty station besides Cuba, a, a wife, she wasn't that much older than me, but she had been raised in the church. She took me under her wing and literally for two years taught me. Wow. Well, I mean, things like the second coming. I had never really heard of the second coming. I'm like, this sounds new agey and... <laughs> very weird yeah. you know even though I was yeah. raised kind of going to I mean I went to church and we said you know Christ will come again and I guess we repeated that but I never really knew oh he's coming to the earth you believe that anyway like for so, real like for real so stuff <laughs> yeah. like that and she would walk me through all the different end times theology blah 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 and taught me how to study the bible and then um and then of course we move and we go our separate ways, but I got on fire. And then how many different countries and duty stations? I mean, like 18 that I've been in and blah, blah, blah. So I know what you're saying, the idea of missional military ministry. And that yes. was the summit you and I met at. The yes. whole theme of that was if you look in the Bible, the first Gentile believer was Cornelius. He was a military man. That's my husband's and favorite story. I love that story. <laughs> if he gets saved, him and his household, his buddies, and then of course he leaves and gets stationed somewhere else and the gospel is spread. Anyway, that's right. We could go on and on. I'm interrupting your story, but um, <laughs> two, 250,000 uh, Bible believing, Christ following women associated with the military and yes. your ministry seeks to disciple them well connect with them give them courage well, hope. how do you do that Corey? How, what, what does that look like um we basically do it through three ways at the current time and the first uh katie was mentioning is one of our team's favorite ways to do that. We do hold live regional conferences where we bring in a worship team and speakers, all military wives and women. So they're all 
prior service, current, current, currently wearing a uniform or their wives in some way, shape or form. So everybody that leads music, all the speakers, all of them, uh, because it's us, it's who we are. So we do that. And we usually have one to two a year, depending. Uh, the second way we do that is resources. And we have an amazing group of writers and editors and things on our staff. And so, so far we've produced two, three Bible studies, um, one in conjunction with the American Bible Society. So that one is free for women in uniform, which is super, super exciting, specifically tailored to them. The other two um, are available on Amazon that we have produced, Beyond Brave and and Flourish, and then a devotional that goes with the Beyond Brave study. So it's a kind of a companion piece uh, that's a daily devotional. So the resources is the second part of that. And then the third way we do that is, is through online community. And, you know, that's through our social media accounts and website and blog and those kinds of, those kinds of things, because that stuff moves with you wherever you go. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's amazing. That really is. It, you're, and I love how you're utilizing the online part of that. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, well, you'd be even more amazed if I told you that on staff we have 39 Military women from South Korea to Germany all volunteer. They all pay their own way to go to conferences and, and do worship or speak or whatever. And they all do parts and pieces of it all. Um, 39 so, on, your, on your staff team? On our staff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, do you guys, are you guys ever together in one room or you, is it always through social media? I mean, through... Like- we have never, all 39 of us, been in one room. We have had up to 27 of us okay. <laughs> is the most we've ever had all in the same place. So do you, would you call them in like this? Like sometimes do like Zoom meetings or whatever? We do. In fact, next week we have what we call it Forest Grove because we're planting roots, right? Um, so we're just a bunch of trees. But... Um, <laughs> We call it our forest grove and we bring them together in groups of 10 where it's kind of our town hall. So everybody gets a voice and we start to see, reflect as to where we've been as a ministry and what the Lord has already done and then look forward to where we're headed. And usually in those meetings, it's really a lot of fun because you get to see, you see a, a threads, I guess is a good way to put that, you know, in these different meetings where you start to see commonalities and you start to think, oh, okay, the Lord is doing this in the midst of us because it's been repeated, you know, four or five times. And mm-hmm. the Lord is really helpful with me because he does repeat things. Because <laughs> <laughs> Don't always catch it the first time. <laughs> so you have a lot of people that are participating in those Bible studies then. We have them. Um, usually we, we don't do online studies yet. We are, that's something we're, we're planning on starting next month or next year. Yeah. I take that back. Next year, we're going to start online studies. And so right now, a lot of those studies go out to Protestant Women of the Chapels, um, yeah. Christian Wives Fellowship, you know, those kinds of military ministries through their churches. And they're using them in those military ministries, either on the installation or in the local church where they are. So, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. Conico did did one of them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. All right, I'm gonna switch gears for a second. I want you to tell us the story of your family road trip to New Mexico. Oh, it takes me back. I told y'all a little while ago that um, my mom passed away. You know, the summer after my freshman year of college. Um, but right after I finished school uh, that May. About a week later, I actually had a job for the summer in northern New Mexico. My brother was a Marine at the time and was home on leave. So my family decided to make family road trip from Texas to New Mexico to take me to my job and drop me off with my car. And then they all went back. So always an adventure, right? But my parents drove in their car in front of us with my sibling, my other siblings. We had foster kids and that kind of thing. And then my my older brother, the Marine, Um, because he was 19 and brilliant, I might add, because all 19-year-old Marines are. Um, But he was with me. All 19-year-olds think that they are brilliant. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I was brilliant when I was 19, just so you're tracking. Exactly. Um, But I was only 18 then, so I wasn't quite there. But we were following my parents. And as we went along the road, uh, it started to rain and pour, and my windshield wiper stopped working. So we pulled over to the side of the road, and my parents kept going because they didn't notice that we stopped. And this was the time before cell phones and, you know, that kind of thing. So we had no really, no way to really communicate with them. And so we pulled over, my brother fixed the windshield wipers a little bit and we keep going. It's still pouring rain. We go a little bit farther and the windshield wipers stop working again. 
So we pull over and he fixes them again and we get going, still raining. And then they stop working again after a little while. So my brother decided at this point that, you know, we've tried to fix them. We know we're spending the night in Amarillo, you know, another couple of hours up the road. And so we should just try to catch up with my parents because we don't know where we're staying. You know, we don't know where my parents are. So we're just going to try to catch up with them when it's pouring rain and my windshield wipers aren't working. (laughs) So we're passing people, which is a great idea out in the middle of West Texas in the pouring rain. And so as we're passing somebody, you know, our left tires go off the road and those little reflectors that are on the side of the road, you know, they start going down in front of the car and Anyway, we eventually find ourselves in the middle of the median, you know, the grassy area between the two sides of the road with mud up to our axles. Oh. And we're stuck. I mean, what are we going to do? There's, it's West Texas. There's no, there's no town, you know, just up the road. We have no cell phone. We have no clue as where we are. But we sat there and looked at each other and we're like, well, the only thing we really know to do is pray. I mean, that's that's really all we have at this point. We really have nothing else. And my brother felt a little bit guilty. So he asked if I would pray instead. And I did. And basically all we asked the Lord is that he would just, you know, help us. I mean, we don't know how to help us, but if you could help <laughs> That's us. the best prayer ever. Lord, help. <laughs> yes. Because yeah, I mean, you're like, what else are you going to do? Right. And uh, my brother chipped in at the end and he said, he said, Lord, just please forgive me. And I'm like, that's right. Um, <laughs> It's your fault that we are stuck here. But um, anyway, we we sat there for about two minutes and my brother was like, just get in the driver's seat and let me get back behind and we'll see if we can kind of rock it out of here and and do something. And not long after, a vehicle came from the other direction and pulled into this crossover place right behind us, you know, those paved crossover, you know, so you can turn around if you need to, because it's a long way out in the middle of nowhere. So this vehicle pulled in back there and sure enough, it was my parents. And so my dad got out and he started helping my brother and to no avail. I mean, there's mud up to our axles. We're not going anywhere. I mean, we're stuck. And a few minutes later, this little bitty pickup truck, you know, when there's like little Ford Ranger Datsun kind of size, he pulls up and he said, well, you know, I've got a chain in the back of my car, but in the back of my truck, but my truck's not going to pull your car out. It's just not big enough. And so he gets back there and he's helping. And it wasn't two minutes later, this big, huge full-size Bronco four-wheel drive thing pulls up and he said, man, if I had a chain, I'd pull y'all right out of there. <laughs> and my brother and I had eyes this big and we're like, we got oh my gosh, <laughs> we had our parents, we had the chain and we had this four-wheel drive vehicle to pull us out. And we pulled it out and I ran back to my mom. I said, mom, you would not believe what happened. And I told her the whole story and she said, Corey, it wasn't a few minutes before we saw you that we had asked the Lord to stop you so that we would be able to find you. <gasps> and she said, and then there you were in the middle of the island with your lights still on, you know, <laughs> stuck in the mud. And it was a moment where I saw God in such a tangible way that I could, I could not deny that he had showed up in that moment for the need that I had at that very time. Man. And three weeks later is when I found out, when I got the call, I was in New Mexico you know, your mom didn't wake up this morning. She had had a heart attack in her sleep, but God took me straight back to three weeks before. And he said, I showed up. Do you remember that I was there? Do you remember that I met the needs that you had? Do you remember that I was faithful in that season? And ever since then, God takes us. Remembering is probably one of the biggest things in my life, because if you go back and remember where he was faithful and remember what he already did, it gives you the courage to step out and do the next thing. And, and go through the season where you are because, because he's still the same. So it's the story of, it's my moment of, oh my gosh, I have seen God tangibly at work. And he takes me back to that moment over and over and over again. And, and what timing, Corey, because um, when you said you lost your, your mom and that was very difficult, my, the question burning on my tongue was, how did that not damage your faith how how did that not leave you so I don't know confused angry I mean obviously you're sad you're grieving but um just having your faith rocked by something that drastic but look at his timing three weeks prior he showed himself strong 
He did to all of us, you know, and it wasn't just to me. It was to my older brother who had just gotten back from Desert Storm and, you know, he was in the car with me. It was my, my younger sister. It was my dad. You know, he had really been very evident to all of us. And so people even laughed at us at the funeral because they're like, y'all are the, like the happiest family we've ever seen. And we're like, our mom was doing the things that she believed that God had called her to do. And she knew that when God took her home, then, you know, it was his timing. And she was good with that because she lived the life that she felt called to live. Yeah. And Amen. You can't, you can't beat that. To live was Christ and to die was gain. And you guys understood that. And I guess I'm just so touched by this because, um, (laughs) and Susan, I haven't even told you this. Our pastor, Todd, texted me um, a couple days ago and he said, hey, um, I will. I'm doing a series on Ruth in December, Ruth and Naomi. And um, would you come up and kind of preach with me and share your cancer story? And I thought for a minute, okay, Naomi was bitter and she (laughs) blamed God for ruining her life. Does Pastor Todd think I am bitter and blaming (laughs) God? (laughs) because <laughs> he's like you know you got a lot in common with Naomi I mean I, he didn't really say those words but I'm like so I text him back what's your what's your point here I mean what <laughs> point are you after <laughs> and he's like well you know her faith was rocked I'm sure yours was with this cancer season and you we could just talk about that so I have been re-reading and rereading the Ruth and Naomi story. And I've read a couple novels, um, you know, that take it and put it in, obviously they take license with the actual story, but trying to get into Naomi's mind after she loses her husband, the two kids and she's la la la. And then she's in poverty and truly says, I am bitter because God has ruined my life. Why, you know, why that response? But then look what God does. I know. And she is part of the succession of, not succession, what's the right word? Lineage of Christ. Oh my goodness. God's will done through that woman, you know. Regardless of her attitude, mind you. (laughs) Regardless of her attitude. And and so she did have, have that period of, bitterness and the theology of, well, God is punishing me. God is, you know, and I'm like, hmm, but then it ends well in celebration. So anyway, I've been mulling, (laughs) mulling that. So when you said your, your mom died, then you went through six years of a bad marriage too. Yeah, it it was fun, but God really, he really shows up in those moments you know, where there's really nothing else. And I have also found, and you probably have found the same thing too, Katie, is the seasons that you walk through and those difficult seasons, it is amazing the people God brings in your path that are either wrestling with that or have walked through that and, you know, are still not totally on the other side of that. But being able to look at them and say, you know, I've lost my parents too. Or, you know, I know marriage is hard. But it, it gives Kyle and I such a unique voice when we talk to folks about their marriage because they're like, well, it's hard. And we're like, okay, well, God didn't call you to easy. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't call you to marriage until it got hard or until it was not fun or until whatever, you know, he called you to obedience in that. And, and yes, you know, it's, it's hard regardless of what your marriage looks like, but it gives us a place to be able to say, we get that. You know, both of us totally get that. And and we know God's faithfulness and we know what he's asking of us, even in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So it's, and you wouldn't go back and change those stories, those difficult seasons, because God's redemption is so much more evident in those places than sometimes it is if my life had been just a breeze and just Absolutely. easy. And, yeah. And so I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change it. And, and the understanding of how much he loves us and how we don't do anything to earn it when you literally can do nothing. That's right. 
And yet you still feel this lavish love and poured over you. I don't know. It takes the theological truths to a deeper level. And I know what you mean. One One of the first guests we ever interviewed on this podcast, Corey, was a gal named Donna Tyson. And um, she, Susan, I looked it up. She was episode number three, I think. Yes. Number three. (laughs) What are we on now? Like Uh, 69, I think. 69. Anyway, she had the very same cancer diagnosis that I had. Wow. You know, I'm listening to her, to her, to her story two years ago. I have no clue what's down the road. That's right. Um, for me, but I do remember her saying, because when we, by the time we interviewed her, she was in, I mean, she'd been through the chemo and everything. And she was, she was cancer free at that point. But she said, you know, sometimes I look back and I kind of miss those times because I had so much time to be intimate with the Lord. And she said, yeah, chemo was horrible. I felt horrible. You you know, there's obviously, there's all this downside of it. Yes. But she said, now that that's all over, I miss those intimate times. And that really, that rocked me. So when I got diagnosed, I went back and re-listened to that. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Katie, there are so many things to be grateful for during this season. You can focus on the negative and how horrible you feel and la, la, la. Or you can just have this, this grateful heart that you get all this time to lay in this comfortable bed and read books. And, and like you said, be influenced by so many um, other people, authors, people that would text me, call me. I don't know, just wisdom. Pouring in and all I had to do is just sit there and absorb it as much as my chemo brain would. (laughs) But what a story God has written in you. And, you know, truthfully, the story that he's written in all of us, you know, just because life, life has its moments of of hard and difficult, but it also has its moments of of glorious and good. And, you know, the way that he weaves them all together to give us an opportunity to be a testimony to who he is you know, it, it's worth the life, yeah. you know, however it comes out in the end, it is worth the life just to be able to say, you know what, but God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It gives, so, it gives such hope and purpose to yeah. anything, anything you're going through, whether it's good or bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're serving a higher, a higher cause than your own comfort, your own earthly desires and um yeah yeah it's good anyway I, or the the last question that we always ask every guest that I want to ask you as well is what is the one thing that you want people to remember about your story I don't know that, that I want them to remember me so there's that but um but I do want them to remember that God is calling us to obedience and courage. It's the only two things he ever asks of us is to be obedient to his will and to do it with our whole heart. And that's what I consider obedience and courage. And regardless of situation or circumstance or, you know, whatever people you encounter or whatever things you encounter in life, he still calls us to those two things. And if we do that, we have done what he's asked and we, we get that well done, good and faithful servant. And so hopefully that's, that's the reflection of my life. But hopefully that is an encouragement to others as well. It's not, it's not a big, grand, huge scheme, you know, of whatever. It's just simply being obedient and courageous in this place, in this season, in this time where he has put me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. I do love that. And I would say um, I love how you are impacting so many women with the gospel of Christ and with discipleship and with encouraging them to be courageous and encouraging them in their stories. And I would say, if you are listening to this and you are military, or if you are listening to this and you are not military, you know, someone who needs to know about this ministry. They need to know about planning routes. They need to know about um, ways that I, I love when Katie says it, and then you you re, you emphasized it is that I love that we have an amazing military in our country, 
and that it is truly a global organism of the body of Christ. It is a growing, um, it's a growing ministry all over the world that soldiers are not just taking care of our country and they're not just helping to make other countries better, but they also are so faithful with taking the gospel everywhere they go. I mean, I know we are all called to that, but the majority of us that are civilians are not global, global, I can't even say the word, global, global, Globe trotters, globe trotters is that a word? Anyway, you don't go <laughs> all the way over the world like military does. I mean, I'll talk to people and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've lived in seventeen different places in the last <laughs> two months." I mean, like you know, it's a crazy. <laughs> and so clearly, that's sarcastic. But I think we can never underestimate the power of the body of Christ, and we can never underestimate the power of the body of Christ that our military because they truly are touching places around this globe that the majority of us will never, ever set eyes on. And I love, I love that. And it's not just visiting. It is, it's living there. It's planting roots. I mean, I know we're planting roots into Christ, obviously, but then you plant roots in these new communities Mm -hmm. and you have a new dentist and you have a new diet. I mean, a lot of times it's other military people, but you're interacting with a new community because you actually live there. So God continually gives you a new field, if you will. I love Um, love a couple of years and it's, I don't know, it's just beautiful. And just, just to imagine that there are military women sitting in the hills of Afghanistan and they're on a ship, you know, in the, in the South Pacific and they, you know, are in Baghdad and they are in Okinawa. You know, these military women and wives are truly everywhere in places that missionaries cannot go sometimes. Um, And and even in the mission field of military personnel where we are, uh, because women are so relational that we build those relationships with, with each other. We build those relationships with people. And in turn, we get to tell the story of God in us, the, of, of what he has done. And so I, I am a firm believer as military women and wives, we could be the next great revival. We, we could truly, it could start with us mm-hmm. if we Amen. simply do what he's asked us to do. And um, so it is my heart. If there are military women and wives, I would love for them to, to become part of that so that they can encourage each other. We, we learn from each other. We, we keep going because somebody said, you can do this and God has a purpose for you. And somebody who, who has taught me and helped me and encouraged me along the way um, who get the life that I live. And mm-hmm. if, if you do not have that in the place where you are, Planning Roots is a, is a place for that. Tell us how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you can check out planningroots.net, which is always an exciting thing, right? Um, my email is director at plantingroots.net. So email is always a great place, but Planting Roots is also on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. Um, so you can follow all of those places too. And obviously direct messages work in all of I those areas. That. I love that. Corey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That you are a absolute delight. I mean, an absolute well, delight. <laughs> yeah. And if you, I'm serious when I say, if any listeners are listening to this and you know, you have a friend that needs to hear this, um, that's either in the military or they just need to hear this, this whole story of God shows up and he shows up in our stories and we don't have to choose bitterness. Um, because, God, God is just great in the middle of stories that are hard. He really is. He, he shows Amen. off the most in the middle of tragedy. And um, so share it. There's an ability to share it. And I've discovered that on these podcast things. What do you call it? The <laughs> platforms. If you go to your podcast platform, there's an ability to share it and share this. Because like we say, stories change lives. Because if God can do this for Corey... He can do this for you. He can do this for the woman sitting next to you. He, he is a giver of good things. He so is. I'm, I'm going to shut up now. Now I feel like I'm starting to preach and I need to stop. <laughs> oh, you need a soapbox. That's what you need. I know, I know, right? It's <laughs> so good. I like how you very simply capsulized obedience and courage. It's yeah. our response. It's our response to how great he is and, and to what he's called us to do and be in this world. 
okay, I'm going to obey. And it takes courage. But I'm <laughs> do it. <laughs> Gonna do it, but the the results and the blessings that come from it are like way past anything, and not always tangible, like the side of the road in Texas, but always, always good. Oh, there's always there's always that inner joy and that peace that surpasses all comprehension when you just know you're doing what he what he what he called you to do. Yes, uh, so. Corey, that's fabulous. I knew you had an interesting story. I really didn't know any of the details, even though you and I have met several times. I've never really heard your details. One quick detail. How long were you um, Marine yourself? Well, you're going to laugh because I was a Marine for one year. (laughs) Because I met my husband and we got married while I was at basic school. And a month after we got married, he was at Fort Campbell. I was obviously still at Quantico. And I called him a month later and said, you know that two-day honeymoon? Baby number one. (laughs) Aren't we excited? Uh, He was 29 and I was 31. And, you know, you never plan for that, but it's all good in the end. So the Marine Corps gave me the option of resigning my commission. Um, I had a wonderful godly man who was uh, the S1 at basic school when I was there. Yeah. And then the battalion commander uh, was a wonderful godly man as well. And so they gave me the option. Uh, they said, if you want to have a family, our suggestion is that you resign your commission and go home. Um, but we love that you're a Marine and we would love for you to stay too. So your choice. Your choice. Yeah. And Kyle was deploying the next year with the 101st uh, Airborne Division out of Fort Campbell. And he had almost eight years in and I had one. So <laughs> if we deferred to him. Gonna, absolutely. Yes. I love that because I was curious how, you know, a Marine and, and then an army trying to be married and, you know, different duty stations. And so I was kind of curious and I didn't mean to end on that detail, <laughs> <laughs> Susan, but um, you know me, I like the details. I know. Oh, that's good. We have a sequence of the story. So then you married him and then you became, then you started having kids and. Yep. And I became an army wife, which is a whole different world than the Marine Corps life in case you just wanted to know, but it is good still. <laughs> Uh, and I still have all my uniforms just in case I ever need to pull them out and spruce yeah. up. And, and, yes. uh, yeah, I have uh, three daughter-in-law, three sons, one in the Army, one in the Air Force, one in the Marine Corps, and three wow. daughters. So they listen to this podcast. So the, what, the, my little Army wife will say, yes, it is different. It is <laughs> super different. <laughs> she grew up in a, a Marine Corps, but now she's married Army. Anyway, we could go on and on. Yeah, um, you're, Susan, speaking, you're speaking Katie's love language. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come to that next planning roots one. When is? I know you guys just had one early October. We did. We just had one a couple weeks ago, and we are planning for next year. Hopefully, in two locations, but still in the negotiations with church. We're really one of our big steps is just really building a relationship with the local church uh, that hosts us because we come hopefully to help them. Right. To reach their local, you know, military folks uh, and be able to to provide ministry for them. And then they are such a blessing to us, obviously, because they provide their facility and, and so many other things. They even provided childcare in at uh, in Fayetteville, North Carolina at our last one, which, oh, you know, like 80% of the U.S. military is under 35. So 80% is under 35? Yes, Yes. Wow. And so childcare is like a huge, huge thing. Huge thing. You yeah. can't even do military ministry without some kind yeah. of childcare. Yeah. yeah. It's super hard. Super, super hard. Yeah. Uh, I know last year, your conference was at McLean Bible Church. It was. And they were fabulous hosts as well. Yep. Um, but anyway, um, okay. And we can go on planningroots.net to find where the next conference is and where it's going to be at and how to sign up and all that resources and blog, which yours are there from the past couple of weeks. And they are absolutely fabulous. So, well, thank you. I'm I'm new at blog writing and I'm very wordy. So (laughs) (laughs) Liz helped you out a little bit, I think, but I think so. Trying to make a point in between five and 800 words. It's hard. Yeah. 
Like, yes. I don't even understand understand what you're talking about. I'm shocked by that. I'm just, (laughs) I mean, you're so concise. (laughs) No, because you're just like me. Completely. Blogs and it drove you crazy. Yeah, don't give me an 800 word limit. I can't be doing that. <laughs> no way, man. You and I are way better with the verbal. Yes, we are. <laughs> That's why podcasts are for us. <laughs> oh, I have it. All right. Well, That's Corey, funny. thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. I have had a great time hanging out with you guys. Well, we love you, Corey, and we mean that sincerely, even though we just had this one chat. We love what you're doing. We love that you're a visionary and an organizer and that you love Jesus Christ and want him honored. So you've honored us by being our guest here, and we just love you. Well, love you too. All right. What'd you say? We'll advertise the next conference when we find out. Oh, yeah, for sure we will. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. Well, you go listeners. Have a great, great week. And we will see you next Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.